Well, it'd be great if you could have your Bibles open to John chapter 15. We're continuing in our series in John's Gospel. We're still in the Upper Room Discourse. We've reached chapter 15, but on this Remembrance Sunday, I want us to give our attention to the verse that lies at the very heart of this chapter. Father, as we come to your word, we need the help of your Holy Spirit to open up our minds to hear your truth and to receive it in our hearts. And so we pray that you would help us, O God, as we meditate upon the truth of your word. May we see the greatness of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and his love for us. And may we be those who go forth and love as he is loved. We ask it in his name. Amen. What would you say is the greatest kind of love? Is it love between a parent and a child? Like there is no bond of love quite like that. Or would you say it's romantic love, erotic love, love between lovers? Or still, would you say it's love between siblings? between brother and sister, or brothers and sisters? Or still, would, would you say, no, 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 it's love between friends? There's quite nothing like a friend who sticks closer than a brother or sister, says the writer of Proverbs. I don't know how you would answer that question, but I do know how Jesus would answer that question. Greater love has no one than this. That someone lay down his life for his friends. According to Jesus, the greatest type of love is sacrificial love. And on this Remembrance Sunday, it's not difficult to illustrate sacrificial love. There are countless stories we could tell from the wars of the last century and even of this century. I find it a real paradox or irony, you might say. That if you want to find where true love is demonstrated, you just need to look at the horror and the chaos amidst the battlefield. Because there's where men and women lay down their lives for their friends. I want to tell you two stories from two different wars. The first is from the Great War, the First World War, the war that was to end all wars. It was the 2nd of September 1918, just two months before the First World War came to an end. There was a British army officer, an Ulster man, no less, by the name of Richard West. He was a lieutenant colonel who'd served, who served with the North Irish Horse Unit. And in 1918, he was sent to the Western Front because most of the British officers by this point had been killed. And they desperately needed men to lead the charge. When West arrived, he found that the opposition was putting up a vigorous counterattack. And his much depleted and struggling infantry battalion was struggling under the heavy machine gun fire. But with a complete disregard for his own life, he got on his horse and he rode in front of the battalion lines and he started shouting to them words of encouragement. Come on, men, fight for king and country. Come on, men. And amazingly, the counterattack was 
resisted. Sadly, on that autumn day of 1918, West was mortally wounded as he rode back and forth, shouting the words of encouragement. He lost his life for those who were under his command. The Ulster man was posthumously awarded the Victoria Cross. And if you've got any time this week or next week, you could go and visit the Imperial War Museum where it's on display. And if you ever go on holiday to France, you could visit northern France and you could visit his grave. And you would read on the gravestone, greater love hath no man than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. The second story is from a much more recent conflict. It was the 4th of December, 2006. The Iraq war was at this point at its peak. There was a group of five soldiers in a Humvee, a modern tank, if you will, in the northeastern region of Baghdad. They were snaking their way through on patrol when an unidentified insurgent threw a hand grenade into their vehicle. One of the gunners, in the vehicle was a a young man by the name of Ross McGuinness. He was just 19 years old. Having seen the grenade come in, he shouted to his fellow soldiers to take cover, to jump through the hatches. One of them shouted back, I don't know where the grenade has landed. And so Ross McGuinness, who was trained in moments like this, to jump out the hatch, chose to jump onto the grenade and to smother it. He was killed. His four fellow soldiers survived, sustaining only minor injuries. He was awarded America's highest honor, the Medal of Honor. So greatest love According to Jesus, sacrificial love. Laying down your life for others. This is a verse that's going to be quoted endless times today by preachers, by army chaplains, by family members. Now, when Jesus spoke these these words on that night in the upper room, he was not speaking generically. It is true that we can take these, these words and we can apply them to the men and women who lay down their lives in war. When Jesus spoke these words in their original context, he spoke them to his disciples. Hours before, he himself would lay down his life for them. And it's so important that as we come to look at these words this morning that we, we see them in their original context. Jesus here is not speaking generically about other people laying down their life for others. He's speaking about the character of his own love for his disciples. And he's speaking of the kind of love he expects his disciples to show one to another. Just so so we can put this verse in context, John 15 opens with Jesus speaking about the nature of his people's relationship to himself. He says, I am the vine, and in essence, you are the branches. So just as uh, branches get their life, sustain, nourish, and bear fruit because they're connected to the vine, so too we as God's people who are united to Jesus, we, we receive life, nourishment 
from Jesus Christ in order that we can bear fruit. But Jesus goes on and says, you need to remain in me and I will remain in you. But if you don't remain in me, you'll be like the branch that withers and dies and so is tossed in the fire to be burned because it is no prospect of bearing fruit. Now the question is, how does Jesus speaking about our relationship to him like that relate to verse 13? Well, Jesus says, how is it that we remain in Jesus? Look at verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Here's how you and I remain in Jesus. We remain in his love. But you might ask the question, how do we remain in his love? Well, Jesus tells us the answer, verse 10. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. And then you might ask the question, but what commands Jesus are with to keep? Well, he gives us the answer, verse 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Question, how has Jesus loved us? Greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. How are you and I to love one another as Jesus has loved us? By laying down his life for us. You get two headings this morning. The greatest love ever demonstrated and then secondly, how we demonstrate this great love one to another. If we're going to appreciate the greatness of the love that was demonstrated by the Lord Jesus Christ at the cross in his death, then the first thing we need to appreciate is the greatness of his person. I don't know if it struck you, but what makes the stories that I shared at the beginning of the sermon affecting, moving, stirring is it's knowing just a little about the individuals. In the case of Lieutenant, Lieutenant Colonel West, he was a British Army officer. He was a man of position, a man of rank. And yet he set it aside to lay down his life for men with no rank and standing like him. In the case of Ross McGuinness, he was just a young boy. He was 19 years old. He had all of his life ahead of him, as it were. And yet, he gave up his today so that his fellow soldiers could have their tomorrow. Well, now stop and consider who Jesus is. Who's Jesus? He is, he was, and he will forever be God. He is your creator. He is your sustainer. He is our God. He is the sovereign ruler over all things. And he is the one who laid down his life for you and I. Charles Wesley captured it brilliantly when he wrote, and can it be amazing love? How can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? If you want to understand the greatness of Christ's love this demonstrated in his death, then first of all, appreciate the greatness of his person. This is mind-blowing. The source of life, the giver of life, the light of life, he laid down his life so that you and I could have life.
He had no trace of sin, no stain of sin. He'd done no wrong. He was the innocent one, the righteous one. He did not deserve to die. But he laid down his life so that you and I didn't have to face eternal death, even though we had done wrong. We had sinned. The reason we can glory in the greatness of his love is because as we consider the greatness of his death, it's because of who he is, the sinless one dying for sinful ones. Now, 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 not only that, let's think about not just the greatness of his person, let's think about the greatness of the nature and the purpose of his death. Let's be honest, when, when you and I think of expressing or demonstrating our love to one another, we don't think of dying. We think of gifts, we think of gestures, we think of words and deeds, quality time. Christmas is just around the corner and many of us will show our love to our loved ones by buying them a thoughtful gift. Many of us will show our family our love by spending quality time with them in this Christmas season. Some of us will do acts of mercy, good deeds for our neighbor at this time. But who of us is planning to die for our loved ones or our neighbors? Jesus says, greater love is no one than this. Is someone lay down his life for their friends? I want you to see the emphasis that Jesus puts regarding the nature of his death. Jesus did not need to be coerced to lay down his life for us. Jesus laid down his life willingly and voluntarily. Lieutenant Colonel West, willingly, gladly. Ross, McGuinness, willingly, gladly. Can I be really honest? Not everyone who went to the battlefield was there willingly. Many were there reluctantly. If you can remember back to school, or some of you are still at school, a huge part of the two world wars that our nation was involved in at the beginning of the 20th century involved propaganda from the government. And the propaganda was designed to speak to the consciences of the men of this nation to go and fight. Do you remember one of the tactics employed if you weren't willing to fight? Women would give men a white feather to say you're a coward. No one wanted to receive a feather. Many a man who turned up to the battlefield found the horror of war too much and so they ran away only to face court-martial for their cowardice. Now the reason I mention that is because you and I need to understand this. Jesus came into this world willingly, gladly, voluntarily. Jesus said this in John chapter 10, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down of my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down and the authority to take it up again. Jesus did this because he wanted to, because of his great love for us. If you speak to any service men or women and you ask them, what are you taught in your training regarding your own unit or your own battalion? They'll tell you you're taught to treat everybody in your unit and your, your battalion as family. There's this strong sense of loyalty. That's what led Ross McGuinness to smother the grenade. 
Here's a question. What, what led Jesus to die for you and I? His love for us. But here's the staggering thing about the greatness of his love. Jesus wasn't dying for his friends. He was dying for his enemies. God demonstrates his own love in this, that while we were still sinners, while we were God's enemies, Christ died for us. Christ died to make his enemies his friends. To make you and I, who were at enmity with him because of our sin, one with him. This is love. Not that you love God, but that God sent his son to be an atoning sacrifice for your sin. So we've considered the greatness of his person let's, and the greatness of his work and its purpose. Let's now consider the greatness of his achievement. What did Lieutenant Colonel West, what did Ross McGuinness achieve in their deaths? Well, one, they showcased to their brothers their love. And as such, they were awarded the highest military honor that could be bestowed upon them. In another sense, they, they bought our freedom. They maintained our freedom. They were fighting to protect our nations. One of the reasons we stop to remember is because we are so prone to forget that our freedoms were won at great cost. Lest we forget that the peace and the freedom that I have to preach, it was not won cheaply. It was won by the shed blood of men and women who fought so that we could enjoy freedom and peace in this land. As we think about that, how much more then should we remember the one who showed the greatest love and made the ultimate sacrifice? And how can I say that? Because you see, the thing with the men who died, and this is in no way to belittle their deaths, they only bought for us temporary benefits. One of the, one of the startling things is our freedom is fragile. And our peace in this nation might be fleeting. But Jesus at the cross and in his sacrifice won for us peace with God and with one another forevermore. He purchased by his shed blood the forgiveness of our sins. He won our freedom. Jesus' death has brought us benefits that are permanent and secure. Jesus, in his death, as John Owen would say, defeated death, the death of death in Christ. Jesus' death has achieved what no other death could ever achieve. One of the tragedies as we read the history of war is that many of the wars that are fought never accomplish what they intend to do. The First World War was supposed to be the war to end all wars. The Iraq War was supposed to be a war on terror and a war to find weapons of mass destruction. But Jesus' death 
it won the victory of bringing reconciliation for sinful man with holy God. He achieved and he accomplished his mission. And so we remember him today. And the question for you and I is, have we believed in Jesus? Have we repented of our sins and turned to him to receive his great love for us demonstrated at the cross? I know, looking around this church, that many of us have. So do you know the challenge of those who have received this great love? Recipients of the greatest love in the universe are those who are called to demonstrate this same love one to another. The reason Jesus was saying these words is he says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Christ's love for us has deep implication for our lives. In the days that followed Ross McGuinness's death, um, his friends all bore witness to just how deeply thankful they were for what he'd done for them. So Staff Sergeant Ian Newland said this, I should have died that day. Ross gave me a life that he can't have now. There isn't a single day that goes by that I do not feel grateful to Ross for his sacrifice. So that the overwhelming response in light of Ross McGuinness's death for his four friends was this immense gratitude. And then Staff Sergeant Ian Newland went on to say this. I think the best way for me to remember Ross is to tell you the story of what he did. And to live every single day with purpose and meaning. His death was not in vain. Let's take Ian Newland's words and let's apply them to our response to Christ's death. What is our appropriate response to what Christ has done at the cross for us? Immense gratitude. And what should our gratitude fuel us to do? Well, to want to make known Christ's love to others, to tell his story of what he's done at the cross, and to want to live every day with gospel meaning and gospel purpose. Now, I sometimes think that when you're a preacher, there's an easy application and then there's a hard application. And sometimes the easy application is the one that you expect. So, so this is how we could love one another. We could go forth and tell the gospel. I'd say that's the easy application. I'll tell you what I think the hard application is, and it's the application that Jesus was saying here. You've got to love one another, disciples, as I have loved you. Now, let me tell you what Jesus was saying. His application in this context wasn't go love the world. He says that elsewhere, go love your enemy. No, 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 no. His application to his disciples on this night was you've got to love one another. Brothers and sisters, body of Christ, church, you and I have got to love one another as Jesus has loved us. That is, if you're sitting here and you're nursing a grudge in your heart for someone who's sitting in the chair in front of you or over from you, 
You've got to forgive them. Why did Christ die? What did we pray in the Lord's Prayer? Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We've got to love the people who are next to us. We've got to use the freedom that was purchased for us so that we can do good works to them. It means we've got to be alert to the needs of those who are around us. We've got to help them in practical ways. We've got to give ourselves in care to others. We've got to love one another as Christ has loved us. That is, you and I have got to be willing to lay down our life for the other. Now, see, sometimes it's easy to say, I think we should all go out and love the world and love our enemies and share the gospel and good news. And we all hear that and we kind of, we've heard it a million times. But what about this application? Jesus said on the night before he died, regarding the character of his own love for his disciples, was I'm going to die for you. And I want you to be willing to die for one another. And do you know why he said that the love in here is more important, first and foremost, to hear than our loving out there? Is because how will they out there ever know that we're his disciples? By our love, one for the other. So here's the application of this morning's service. Here's a sermon that needs to be preached by you and me. Let's love each other as Christ has loved us. I know that sounds hard, but you need to know that we're the branches and we're connected to the vine. And we remain and we abide in the one who is the God of love. And he has an inexhaustible supply so that we can love one another. We don't do it in our own strength. We do it in his strength. We don't need to mass muster up or manufacture this love. We just glory in the love of Jesus for us. And we just reflect his likeness one to the other. So Remembrance Day 2023, Remember the men and women who lay down their lives for your freedoms. Remembrance 2023. Remember that the greatest kind of love is sacrificial love. Remembrance Day 2023. Remember this was the day you heard Jesus say afresh, your calling is to love your brothers and sisters in Christ as Christ has loved you. Let's pray. Yeah.